0: Liquor Talk, new episode, starts now. Welcome, one. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liquor Talk podcast. I am your boss, man, B. Jones, and tonight it is an exclusive round. Today, joining me, the host of the Mississippi Vibes podcast, is Mr. Burt. How you doing today, man? I'm great, sir. I'm great. How you making? I'm doing good, man. Surviving this quarantine, man. They got us all locked in the houses, everybody, everything shut down and stuff. It's crazy.
1: Man, that's a great time right now to be. I think we needed that because, and the reason I say it, we, we, we keep going and going and going, and we don't take time for ourselves, our families all the time. We don't focus on our health and, you know, just different things that we can focus on personally. And this was the time that, you know, God granted us to, to sit down and chill and you know get
0: everything together.
1: Hey, that that's
0: an interesting way to look at things because I've been talking to a lot of people and they haven't been too thrilled with being just shut down and quarantined. Well, I mean, hey,
1: change sometimes change for people is is it's a, a a hard pill to swallow, you know, and Sometimes you need something to disrupt your normal routine so you can get a self-evaluation and 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 move forward.
0: Hey, that's real. That, that's definitely real. So, but there has been some good in this because I've seen pictures of other places where it didn't looked clear and it looked beautiful now that it's not um polluted with air, you know. So I will say that it's been nice. Yeah. Yeah. But um But um, so tell me a little bit bit about your podcast, Mississippi Vibes with Burt.
1: Yes, I named it Mississippi because I'm actually I'm from Starkville, Mississippi. That's in central part of the state. And um, vibes is another way of just, you know, how I like to have conversations and with people to get you on a vibe to, you know, some vibrant things to go through your body in your mind, in your soul. And so I came up with it. Um, it took me some time. I have been procrastinating a lot, you know, different fears and different things that I was going through personally. When let me get on the, um, the mic and, you know, go at it.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel you on that because it's not like every podcaster I've t- spoken with, they all said that they kind of procrastinated, like something held them up from just starting and then once you got started, it just kept going.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I love it. I um, I try my best to at least two, three times a week to put out some good content for so people could um, listen to and hopefully hopefully, it touches their lives and, you know, help them move in a different direction. So what made you want to do a podcast? I wanted, I wanted to get comfortable and talking to people because my end game is to become a motivational speaker, become a, a life coach, and for me to get comfortable with speaking and, you know, getting content out there, get my platform going.
0: That's real. Now, what was it like for you, a black man growing up in Mississippi? Because I'm—I like to say I live in Florida, and Florida is bad, but it's not as bad as some of the things I've—I've I've heard about coming out of Mississippi.
1: Oh, Mississippi! I I love it. I I I actually love it. It's a great Mississippi. When you meet mostly people from Mississippi, man, it's, it's very—they come with hospitality. They come with you know, respect. They come with open arms. They come with helping thy neighbor, all of that. And what I learned by going through different cities and towns and meeting people, you know who likes you, who doesn't like you. And like we say in Mississippi, you know the devil that you're dealing with. You know, um, you can go to different states, you know, Florida, Georgia, you know, dallas texas charlotte chicago you know you can meet people from different races and you won't actually know is this a genuine person that you mean they dealing with you on what level with mississippi hey we, we dealing with you because we have to business-wise are we not dealing with you period because of your race or you know mainly because of your race in mississippi you know and and that's something that is taught at home. So I, I learned to, at an early age, to respect all people, all races, and you know, just keep it moving from there.
0: That's real. That's a very interesting perspective because I said, um, I guess, uh, from the media, from the standpoint of somebody that doesn't live there, we've just heard all of the negative things, and it's nice to hear someone bringing a positive to the good things that go on in Mississippi based on, you know, what they've been through. Oh, it's 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 plenty it's
1: plenty still negative going on. We had a case a few years ago. Um a black guy, African American guy got, you know, drugged um behind a truck by some Caucasian teenagers and, you know, um about a year ago they found somebody hanging from the tree. So it's still real. It's still real and live, you know, it is out there.
0: Yeah, that's that's nice. That's uh, that's not nice, but it's like it's still it's 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 not bad. It's not a good thing that's still out there, right? But, because we're in twenty twenty, you know what I'm saying? But so tell me about the last episode you did, um, being released from prison. Now, how do you think holding a phrase a phrase can hold you in a middle of prison? What were you trying to um convey on this episode?
1: Wow, I'm glad you asked that, man. I I grew up um. I left my mother's house at a young age and I ended up at my grandmother's house. Um, No explanation to this day of why things transpired the way it did. So it was mainly my grandmother and father raising me. And once my father passed away on February 9th, 2005, and so... I remember I was talking to my brother. I was up all night, you know, and my mother, she came home and she told me that, you No, know, I told her what happened. She said, oh, okay, what you going to do about it? He's gone now. Nothing you can do about it. So at that time, I just looked at her, I paused, I said, yes, ma'am, and I went on, got in the car and went to school. It had it had pierced me so deep that I couldn't understand the the true message she was trying to relate to me. And I went like, man, three years. I, I never I, I didn't speak to my mother for three years. Um, and uh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, we had the funeral and everything and I graduated and, and um that June I left. I left Mississippi, um, left a business, left everything. I just was ready to get away. And so it was three years later, you know, the Lord spoke to me, and I called all my siblings. I said, um, we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner. I'm not Thanksgiving. I apologize. Christmas dinner at, at mom's house, so everybody was down cool. I'm glad you're coming, this and that. So she got my number. She called me. She said, I heard you having um, Christmas um, dinner at my house. I said, yes, ma'am. I said, um, you know, I, I sent some money to, you know, take care of it. She said, don't, don't worry about that. Um, I see you. So that was like the first time, 2008 for Christmas, was the first time I had been around all my siblings on my mother's side for Christmas since I was eight, nine years old. So at that time in 2008, that's 12 years ago when I was 28, so and I but to get to how I got released, well, there was um Wednesday or Thursday, I was at work, and the message that she told me 15 years ago finally hit me. And I finally got released from my mental prison. Because during that time, man, I had I had no trust for women. I mistreated women, I didn't know how to completely whole relationships with a male or a female. Um I was just I was I was mentally uh,
0: messed up. Wow. Um last first and foremost, I am sorry for your loss around that time and and it's good that you finally connected with your mom after three years because I was like wow that's that's kind of deep. I couldn't imagine going three years without talking to my mother and um like um actually I talked to mom today, like before I even started recording the shows. Um, right. so I couldn't imagine going three years without talking to my mom. Although there was one year where we just didn't see each other because I, I was in college, but okay. we still talked on the phone. Right. So but that that's 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 wow. I don't know. That's deep right there to go that long time without talking to your mom. Now, what'd you do to um if you needed somebody to lean on during that time period?
1: Man, I always have
0: my um my
1: best friend Sleepy. I had um I had one of my oldest brothers. Um, um I call him B Bailey. Um uh, we've been close since I was young. Um different, different um, I had my best friend Bob Williams, um just different people that I, you know, grew up around, my little brother Blair. I had different people I would reach out at times to talk to and uh, but mainly to be honest with you man I was I was isolated. You know, I grew up as a a, lon- a loner. So I was comfortable, you know, being alone and just, you know, trying to figure things out the wrong way, you know, get back in church, out of church, this and that. So it was always a roller coaster ride with me. It was never a flat line, or it never was a solid ground that I was working with, you know, because I was mentally, I was mentally um, messed up.
0: Yeah, I understand. Now, at what point did you realize that I really need to work on making a change?
1: Uh, I mean, I I, I would drift in and out of those moments. I, I knew that I had to make a change so I can... Reach my full potential, and to be honest with you, that just I'm just gonna keep it real. I really got a lot. Of, I just really got a lot of stuff out my life that was hindering me from going to a next level. I just really did that probably, man, October, November. To be honest with you, completely saying I'm done. I'm. I'm. I'm um, and I'm fully turning my life over to God and let him guide me and be receptive of what he has
0: for me to do. Uh, I totally feel you on that. Totally feel you on that. And um, it's good that you decided to change your ways and um, to hear the Lord and decide to, um, that you feel like you need to change your ways. Now for my parents out there, why do why do we be like thought parents some parents out there be bargaining with their kids? Because growing up for me personally, it was never no bargaining. It was it's my way or the highway. So is that just the thing with these new age parents? What 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 age are
1: we talking about with the new age? So I can start so I can get a full clear understanding. What what
0: I I would say the parents that are in their like their, their early twenties and stuff, or their their early twenties to mid thirties. Or we can we probably go a little higher to you know mid forties too now. <laughs> really? Right,
1: really. I think it comes <laughs> from to me, I don't understand why parents want to be a friend and not a parent. It's no way. I have always, besides with my nine year old son, but as my kids has got have gotten older, I have a 21. I have a, um, um, 15, 14, nine biologically. I have a, also, I have a, a another 20 and a 15 year old that I've been in a life for, you know, 10 plus years, my, my kids. And they, I never, man, I, I never, I, I, I put it like this, I'm, God has blessed me with y'all to, to guide y'all through what you have no clue about in life. That's, that's my job. It's not my, yeah, we're going to have fun. We're going to have a good time together, but when it comes down to it, this is the rules and the guidelines that you're going to have to deal with. Now, once you get a certain age at, you know, 17, 18, and 20, you still in the home, you can't abide by those rules. I mean, that's the door. The, the, the door. And I'm still gonna be here for you when you come back. But a lot of parents, then we got the social media that has changed the the landscape with, with the dynamics of relationship. Um, you got parents don't they, they feel that if they be too hard or harsh on their kids the um the kids won't talk to them or they'll be mad at them and i'm like now this child depending on you for clothes for shelter for water for lights for food and you telling me you concerned about them not talking to you that that's to me that's ludicrous that's ludicrous for yes uh, that's ludicrous for yeah, a, mm-hmm. a 30 or 40 year old Parent be talking about a nine or ten year old child as their best friend. That that's that's scary to me. How what y'all relating on? I mean, I I I don't get it. I don't I don't I don't understand why. You know, I don't understand how how it changed like that. You know, hey, like I know what your parents from. You know, you the South from the Florida. Your your age. You know. If I cook chicken, green, corn, cornbread, that's what you're going to eat. I don't want that tonight. Oh, I mean, what you going to bed with your stomach going to be turning flips or something. I don't know what they're going to do. But this is what I cook. That's what you go eat. And we're done with the discussion. But now these parents, uh, you know, it's too many choices that they're giving their kids. And that's not how life is, you know. When she start working, you know, you you go to work, your supervisor, your boss, tell you what the assignment is for the day, and you complete the assignment. But now, how these kids are being raised, they always feel they have options, and and that's that's not the way life goes. That's I don't know, I don't know, man. I really, I don't know. That's the best thing I can tell you, man. I don't, I don't
0: understand. Hey, I don't understand that either, because that meal, you just, uh, that sound good, you know what I'm saying? So what child would turn down that, you know what I'm saying? That, I don't know what, I don't know what's wrong with these kids you'll these days, that, that's crazy. You'll be amazed, you'll be amazed that, you'll be amazed how
1: parents would sit around with their kids. Like, I knew when my grandmother's friends came over, or I knew if my father came there and his friends came in. He didn't have to look at me. She didn't have to look at me. She didn't have to say nothing. He didn't have to say nothing. I knew at that moment, if I answered the door, or if I came in the room, another adult was in the room, I knew to turn around, go outside, something. But I knew I was not finna sit in that living room and hear that conversation. Now parents let their kids sit there. They groan and that, you know, in my personal situation, even with one of my kids, you know, it was my daughter and her mother, they was friends. My daughter got to 15, 16 years of age. She didn't like the friend. The friend is the mother. She didn't like the friend no more. So she started doing, you know, different things to, to, to buck the system and, even you know, saying I got somebody else that's in my family that that raised their kids that way that hey everything is I guess an open floor discussion, what you're going through as an adult. And once the kid get up in their teenage years, man, you know, they don't they have a different view view of you. There's no respect, it's no, there's no boundaries. So it's anything that's Hey, anything, anything, just anything with these kids. Yeah,
0: that's, that's, that's not good. Do you think old school parents need to come back in the form? Yeah, that's all I know. It should have never left.
1: It should have never left. No government, no judge, no teacher or no anybody should be telling you how to raise your child how can you dictate what's going on in my home that I know my child was, was best for my child, not you coming, you get an assessment from whomever a caseworker and they telling you, they come up with these stats and they telling you, you should do this. You shouldn't do that with your child. How do you know what I should do? You don't even know my kid you don't you don't you don't you have no clue what's going on and so that's that's a that's a that's a major violation how we have allowed that to to happen think about it when you was coming up you never heard about so many cases in court or kids calling 911 on their parents or kids you you never heard, I mean I ain't gonna say you never, but
0: it was very No, you said it right. You they, they right. never heard of it because they all we already knew that it's probably gonna be much worse once the parent right. gets out.
1: Right. And back then your neighbor whooped you, your 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 school principal, the teacher. Then when you got home, you got another one or
0: two whoopings.
1: Oh but... my goodness. <laughs>
0: yes, that, that's so right. true.
1: You know, Kids, bargaining with your kids like you, you ask me, um, you know, if you go and take out the trash, I'm going to give you $2. Or if you go and clean up your room, we're rewarding kids for doing stuff that they're supposed to do, which is teaching them life skills to be a better man or woman. But now everything is about what can you give me for me to pick up my clothes off the floor? Are you serious?
0: Yes, that that's
1: what, yeah, that's stupid. What, I'm I mean, sorry. You go. You what you go give me to go clean out the tub, the shower, the toilet, and you the one who's using the toilet in the shower. And I taught you how to do this. I taught you how to wash dishes. So now I got to reward you just for you to do it. It 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 makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I never get it. I'm just you know I'm not trying to get it. You Know, I tell my kids I love you, but I don't like y'all because we finna keep it, we're gonna keep it what it has to be kept, you know. So,
0: that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I totally, I totally feel you on that, and I think there are needs even more parents. i like that, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Liquor Talk Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. This is the exclusive round. We got the Mississippi vibes with Mr. Burke on the line today, holding it down in Mississippi. So what is your favorite episode of your podcast that you've done so far?
1: Oh, man. Um, um, you know, what I just did, being released from prison. You know, um, I, I, feel, I felt that day so much awake. So much the, the the bricks, the the monkey, everything was off my back. And um, you know, I had some good, you know, some topics. I'm getting, you know, more comfortable with, you know, opening up myself to change all the different myths about my life or what people thought they knew. You know, that they never they never had a clue about, you know, that they heard from probably clipping in the newspaper when I was seventeen or eighteen years old. They heard some he say, she say. But, you know, this, the podcast, once again, I want to thank you for inviting me to the liquor talk and, 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 and Mississippi Vibes. These platforms give me the opportunity to tell my, the true story of me, of my, of my ups, my downs, everything, my journey. So all of them has been good. I, I feel that um, I'm getting better each round. But that that release from prison, that was it. You know what I'm saying? That was that was the one.
0: That was the one. That was the one for me. Yeah, that was the one that really spoke to you, and just you—you you felt the energy about it when you were doing oh, yeah. that. So I, I
1: I couldn't wait to get out of work and get home and take a shower and 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 and, and let it rip. You know what I'm saying? Because I I I I owed it. To myself I owed it to my mother my family to 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 get I owed it to my family I owed it to my kids I owed it to my mate I owed it to you know people who always you know believed in me and never turned their back on me to so to let them understand this is my message to you you know what I'm saying. And Also, I had another good one with about um, role friends and real friends. About my best friend Sleepy. You know that was a good one to understand. So people can understand in life, you have to know the difference between a role, a person that's playing a role in your life, and that real person that's going to be in your life. And uh, and and what do you feel like the big difference is? Man, oh, that's just like a role model. They come to play a, a play a role in your life. You know what I'm saying? With the athletes and the celebrity, they come to play a role for a moment, a second, a split second. It, it, it's just a role. It's something that they have to put on to get through their day or to get, if they're doing a signing or, if they, or, or anything in that nature. If somebody meets you on the street, hey, what are they genuinely coming into your life for? What are they coming to take or they coming to add? So what 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 we doing? We 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 doing addition or we doing subtraction? When I need I need some money for some lights, I ain't got no food. A road person go, uh, man, I, I I I I man, I just I man, I wish you would have called me thirty minutes ago or yesterday. I ain't know I was gonna be hungry yesterday. <laughs> I'm calling you right now. <laughs> cuz i need this I, you know what i'm saying but that real friend has never been a point in time that i couldn't call that i couldn't call sleepy to, to talk or if i needed something or just whatever and he wasn't there regardless if we have having a conversation i'm right or wrong he always gave me the truthful honest blunt information that you can that you need from a real friend
0: That's real. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Sleepy. So so at what point do you just realize that you need to cut certain people off? Oh man,
1: I I, I think once you once you start making different moves in life and going in a different direction, they cut themselves off. I never knew that and until I started doing it. They cut themselves self off. Once they see you not we ain't going to the same clubs or we're not going to the same events or we're not having the same conversation. They gonna remove themselves. You don't you won't even have to call them or you won't have to do nothing. When you start doing that, they go they go fall to the wayside anyway. You will God go handle that for you.
0: That's real. So now how do you represent Starkville with your podcast?
1: Oh man. Every time, you know, Mississippi vibes, you know what I'm saying? This is is that's my roots. That's my home. That's where I was groomed at, you know what I'm saying, and to get the basic foundation of who I am. I, I got it from there. Mississippi, Starkville, it was always, and most of the time when I'm doing my podcast and I started going live on YouTube, I would always have my Mississippi State shirt on, and I love it. I, I love the people there. I love home. I just, I'm just i just ready for our people in Starville to grow and to understand how much this world has to offer if you just open up your mind and heart. And, man, it's, it's so much. We're so far behind, though, and, you know, I'm, I just want my people
0: to um, come out of that, the mindset that they stuck in. Really? Wow. So in what ways do you feel like... People in Starkville are just so behind um they 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 any little
1: information you know they're so misformed on things about life um about the different about the the, the difference when you get out of that when you get out of that zone man you know to, to understand you know. To understand about how investment goes, to understand about how man, it's, it's I'm, wow, you hit me with one, it's, it's,
0: it's all uh, good, on, man, it's you, all good, it just, <laughs>
1: man, it just, it just, cause that's is a, that's a very touching subject to me that, and. People always think I'm so harsh and blunt. It's just like, why are you stuck? You've been doing the same thing since you came into this world. Why are you afraid to leave to, 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 to see something different? You know, I. it's a lot of people, man, you're going to be shocked by this. There's a lot of people in Mississippi that won't leave Mississippi because I can't drive in the city. What? You telling me you making thirty to thirty five thousand, forty thousand dollars a year. You have a same job that you can get that go pay you fifty five thousand. And you telling me you can't move because it's three extra lanes on this highway?
0: I'm doing You joke, man, talking. come on now. <laughs> Okay. I, I, You're joking with that one, man, cause, because okay. you can't drive? Can't, man, that is you, crazy. You would how many times I have heard people
1: say, I can't drive in the city. And I just looked at them.
0: That is so I'm, small-minded. Man, I'm sorry. Like I said, because I... <laughs> if I could drive, I man, I'm from Tampa, Florida, and I remember flying out to Los Angeles, and I drove in LA like it was nothing. It's like once you learn how to drive right. a car, you it's just can't not you be that
1: hard. 40, 50 miles an hour, they go run you over. You got to run. You, you got to. Yeah, you need to be. Man, you, you got to put the phone to the gas. That, put that GPS on and roll. But that's, that's, the, that's, that's it's yeah. the same thing when you're trying to navigate things th- through your mind. But when you have so many people, the old saying, the crabs in the bucket, so many people are telling you you can't do it. You won't do it. Why you leaving Mississippi? Why you moving there? Why you would go here? Why you? Because it's my life. It's my journey. But a lot of people,
0: Let... yeah, a lot of people no. don't tune that voice no, out. No, they,
1: they, they, for whatever reason that that you know, I, I don't know nobody. What that mean? The people you hanging with, your family and friends, they ain't meaning you no good. Y'all doing the same thing. You're meeting up every evening, every weekend. You're doing the same drinking. You're going to the same clubs. You're going to the same events. You're seeing the same people. Y'all doing the same thing year after year after year after year. And you're talking about, no, you don't. You want to whine. You want somebody to, to pat you on your back and tell you it's going to go be okay and give you a hug. No, get up and get out. We're the slowest state in the world. We get the last supplies. We get the last things for the school system. We get the last whatever. We are, we are, we are the last. And you telling me you don't want to go and leave? Well, I can't leave, you know, my, my, my mama and dad. Your mama healthier than you are. Your mama, she wants you to leave so she can have somewhere to visit. That's your next excuse, you know, but hey, some people, you know, I'm not knocking anybody that, you know, that stays there, you know, does that, you know, some people are living great there. But for me, I knew at a young age that, nah, it was, this ain't my, this ain't my speed here. This no, I can't, I can't do this. I go crazy. Now I feel you. So what city what see did you leave um, Mississippi When I, first left, I went to um Monroe, Louisiana. That was in oh five of June. Um I was there for a few months. Then I went down to um New Orleans. I, had hit. I stayed there. Um I stayed there, went to work, you know, made some money, um, uh, about a year or so. Then I, I went back home for um about 2 months, 2 3 months, something like that. Whatever it was. Now from April to that um I went back from April to that um yeah, April to that June, something like that. Farewell to that June. Then I left um went to Alabama, stayed there from June to November. Um then I went St. Louis um, got a brother up there, older brother up there, Don, um, St. Louis, it taught me a lot. It was too cold. I realized that I'm a true Southern guy. And, um, so then I came to Dallas and, um, and, um, July of 08, it was, it was crazy how I got here, but man, it's, it would have been the best move that I ever made, you know? So
0: that's, you
1: know, it was good.
0: No, hey, I'm a southern too. I feel you on that cold. It's like I'll I'll visit I right. visit Chicago places up north during the summertime, but don't ask me to come during December when right. it's about two degrees <laughs> because you know <laughs> I'm a, I'm a true Floridian and I, I live in a state where if it gets below seventy, certain counties right. you don't even are declaring that state you. of emergency. <laughs> <laughs> right, I got right. A number of hoodies. Right. Oh, I, I, <laughs> like I said, I, I got rid of most of my jackets once we came back to Florida. So it's like the close, the the, cold, the only part of Florida I needed a jacket in was when I lived in North Florida. When I lived in Tallahassee, that's probably like North Florida is probably where you are gonna get the most cold. The rest of Florida, oh, okay, <laughs> ain't no cold so you no need no jacket. W- you left and went where? Uh, I went to college. I went oh, okay. to um, Florida oh, and m okay. That's cool. It that was a great
1: experience for you.
0: Yes, that was a wonderful experience. That's why I learned everything about manhood. Uh, that's why I really found my voice there um, when I went off to college. So, right. So I see you go hard for Mississippi State. Hey I see the Bulldogs. They every year, every once in a while, they do something. Um, <laughs> did you like to hire Mike Leach. <laughs> No.
1: No. It, it it's it it's like not. It's not see we, we you have to understand about different conferences around the United States. And to me, you you that high air raid offense that they he's run, you know, yeah, it's a good show. It go put a lot of points on the board, but when it comes down to it, can you play good, hard-nosed defense? Can you stop teams that's going to have – that's going to be pounding the ball, that's going to wear you down, that's going to be – you got track speed athletes that's on the field, you know, and it's, you got guys that's 6'4", 300 pounds, running a four three four four forty, and – you know, it's it's a different it's a different beat it's a different beat to to come in and you have to understand. Then it's the recruitment. How you gonna how you gonna go out and recruit yes. these people? You know, the best in my in to in my opinion, the best recruiter that ever came through Mississippi State was Jackie Sherrill. He was bringing. Kids from Florida, Georgia, um, junior colleges, everywhere around. He had different um, kids I mean, from the hood, different kids coming from different walks of life to come in and to believe and walk the same walk and believed in the same thing. You know, we 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 went to number one with um we had Dak. And um it was good for the school, the exposure. It was good for the, the guys. Um we had a good thing, but you know, then with Mike with Mike Leach with this um this tweet he just put out with the woman with the noose and everything, it was you know, he has a history of, of, of doing stuff that's over the line. And I don't think in this era to come to the one of the one, the top two racist states in the world. He's he's he he's not that he's he's not that that that
0: guy. Yeah, when I saw the hire, I was like, I don't think he's gonna fit. I don't think you need a coach that's been, that that then coach in the south to understand what they're dealing with. So I don't really think he's the hire, but I see a lot of SEC school, see schools do that. They'll hire these coaches from different parts of the country to come in. Some are successful, and then some, they just – they're there in like two years because right. you're getting whooped up right. on by the Alabamas of the world. They
1: don't truly understand how in this Southern thing, man, football – what else we got on Friday and Saturday? What 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 you know, my hometown? Yeah. We had when I came up, we had my hometown Starbucks football, you had West Point, you had Tubelo, you had Meridian, you had the you had your little golden triangle area, what they call it, and Saturday, we gonna support them dogs. And that's it's it's about the football. and I just you know i i don't I don't know man, I think Mississippi State, to be honest with you, you got to go back, you got to hire somebody, hire one of those ex players, former players that can go in and sit down with those parents and understand that I'm bringing your kid here to first of all to get an education, turn him into a man, and do the best thing I can. To get him to the next level, if his talent prohibits that,
0: bro,
1: that's definitely yeah, real. That, they was looking for that's what the coaches need to be doing. You know, this and that, Mike Leach, man, it, it, it was you know you could have went and pulled Les Miles from Kansas. He used to coach LSU, won titles. title. He right back in the SEC. Um, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of former coaches, you know, former players. I mean, you know. That that they can come up in recruiting, you know. When when Dan Mullins was there, he had a great recruiting team that went out and got top players. But his his scheme wasn't for the talent because we were so predictable. You know, with Florida, see he can run he can run that offense with Florida because you got those troops. Man, I don't know what y'all feed them cats in Florida. Boy, y'all can run. If y'all, <laughs> man, if y'all can run.
0: Man, it's just it's just everything it's everything like I think in Florida it's just like in Mississippi. We just athletic, get athletic gifted. We out there there in track we out there and playing football in the summer. It's, it's crazy dang, here in Florida. Like so y'all. that's
1: probably why Y'all moving. Them boys, them cats be moving, man. For <laughs>
0: real. Y'all be moving. Yes, yes we do. Cause them coaches because them coaches be have you out there in that ninety eight degree weather just running up and down right. and stuff. They they got you out there running laps and stuff, yeah. So Florida breed differently. That's why all that's why all them coaches from all across the country come to Florida and plucking them out. That's why that's why some of the Florida schools right. have not been not been as good as Florida. But you know, no Florida State and Miami they've been kind of struggling because they ain't really recruiting their home state. They're trying right. to right. leave the so state. And they need to be recruiting Florida their home state. state.
1: Did, um, oh boy.
0: Man, I think they should get him at least one more year exactly. to clean up that mess that um Jimbo left exactly. behind. Yeah, but he should – honestly, I just – I feel like that they just was – they wanted to hear from the Boosters. The the Boosters are spoiled at Florida State because they, they have so many years of Florida State being on top, Florida State being dominant. But in Jimbo last year, he really didn't do all that good. So I'm like – and with Willie Tagger, I knew you had to give him time because in right. every spot he had at least one or two years to work, work his magic. So But I'm I'm happy for Willie Tagger. He ended up at um, Florida Atlantic right. because old Miss hired right. Lane Kiffin. So is the rivalry oh, crazy yeah. between old miss yeah, and A-Pol, Mississippi oh, yeah. State? It's,
1: it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's so because you gotta look at it, we it's two schools that's um hour, forty five minutes away from each other. A true in-state rivalry, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I haven't been to an Egg Bowl game in a while, but it's it's real. It's real crazy, you know. It's you have a house, a lot of houses that's divided with that. So, you know, Ole has got a good school, though. You know what I'm saying? They got a good school up there, also. But you know, either you're a Rebel or you're a hell state.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering that too, because I see a lot of states in the South yeah. is either you for that yeah. one school it's, it's, or the other school. It's, it's, it's going like crazy.
1: So so man, let me ask you something. What what yeah. what made you start your podcast? What made you on mm-hmm. this journey and how have how has this this platform helped you?
0: Um, This platform has helped me um, just with speaking and and helped me with networking and stuff and helped me to get to know other people and make connections in other states because because I personally I like to travel so it's like you never know once you make this connection today hey let them know you and a state and well that's where um never know y'all can might meet up and do another podcast and how I started it was I was back in college I would I just be I'd be sipping um. I just be drinking, having some thoughts, and sometimes I'll go on social media with the thoughts, and then I, then the idea of like podcasting came up, and I was like, uh, oh, maybe I need to do a podcast, and that's how it started. and then the idea of interviewing people and having them on, on is because I find it fascinating to just talk to people and hear their story and hear they come up and how they start their podcast. So that's right. how I came up with that's doing good, this podcast. Man. So how did you, I appreciate it. So what was the weight loss journey like for you? Because I know a lot of people right now who are taking their fitness very seriously. So what was that journey like? I was, I was, I was
1: was going through the lowest, when I look back on it, when I did look back on it, man, I was going through the lowest points of my life. I was, um, I was living, first of all, I was living multiple lives. Lying, um, eating crazy, um, depression. I was stressed out because of how my life was going, and I had lost myself. So what got me to get on my my, my, my business, I had a um, football camp in Starkville, Mississippi. It was the Robinson Football Camp, Football and Life Camp and go back to my partner again, Sleepy Robinson. I was at his house. We was on the couch, and I walked, I walked after we had been out. He was like, man, poor man, if you don't stop, you're going to die. I'm like, man, what you talking about? Man, you too big. You too big, man. And, um. And that was just an eye opener. I was like, I said, I hear you, dog. I got you. Like, man, I'm serious. I want you to be around. You got to be around for your family, your kids, and all that, man. You, you, you too big, dog. So, what got me to even know I was 370, I was in an accident, went to a chiropractor, got on the scale, and, you know, 368, I just say 370. You know what I'm saying? You were, you are a cupcake away from 370. So, <laughs> so, um, I got on this scale and I said, I know I can't hit 400. I know I can't hit 400. So I just started my journey. of I started walking. And every day, every week, I gained more endurance to, you know, half a mile to a mile. To when I got up to my peak, I was able to do, I was doing like eight miles a day. So, and that was my way of getting away from life for an hour or two. And um, you know, I was still making mistakes as a man, cause, you know, but then my life, my life really turned. It really turned. When I got with my people, my family, Torn, you know, he was um your ex um NFL player, first round draft pick, Green Bay Packer. Shout out to Torn. Um, he he taught me how to train my body, how to eat right, how to you know, do what I needed to do because just walking in the little weights I was doing was nothing to the higher endurance workout that he put me on. And so, you know, he dedicated, man, he dedicated months with me to, um, to get me right. And so it it was a great, it was, it was, man, I was, man, I ain't felt that good in 10, 15 years. You know, so I was a type, I ended up being a type two diabetic, got with them, got with him. Um, I'm not a type two anymore. Um, so, but I still got the uh, some effects from it, you know, from, you know what I'm saying, mistreating my body. But that journey is, is about how can you overcome the adversity when you don't want to get out here and do nothing, bro. When your body hurt, when you're going through pain of, you know, you stretching your muscles, when you're going through the pain of everything, and you know, it' it'll gonna be, it'll be a lot of time. The most hard thing about losing weight, man, is the mental part of it: changing what you're eating, changing what you, um, the stuff you buying at the grocery store, the time frame that you need to eat, understanding your water intake understand how your body really operates, how you have to trick your body to 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 continue to lose weight. Because you know, once you if you continue to keep doing the same reps, the same little mile or two walking and the little arm um, curls, you know, your body go be like, okay, what's next? You know, so you have to learn how to trick your body to in a way that to know to tell it that, you know, we're doing something different or we we however you have to do it, you know, it's crazy. But um it's a wonderful thing. It, it it changed my life and
0: I know how to lose weight now. That's real. So what's some weight loss tips you wanna drop on people that um what they what's the things people can be doing while in quarantine because you know, a lot of the gyms are closed and stuff, so it's like what people can be doing while we're under this quarantine right now. Man, just, you can always stay you at know, home you advisory your neighborhood.
1: You can do that. You can do your squats at home. You can do push ups. You can do your 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 core workout, your sit up, you can do all of that, everything you can do at the gym, you know. If you don't have weights, you know, you can you can use alternate Measures, push ups. You can always push ups and sit ups will get your core, your back. Push ups go get your arms together, your shoulders, your chest. But the main thing is, what are you putting in your body? See, what I do, what I do, I do fasting for. So I, from noon to eight p.m., is my time to eat. But I make. I don't eat over, like 12, 1,300 calories a day. You got to take the sugars out your life. You got to take out that, that bread out your life, out that pasta and things like that. You know, my thing was chicken, fish, you know, turkey, shrimp, salmon, things like that. Um, you get hungry. You know, before you eat, you drink you some water. You know, you can have you some you know, some snacks, some fruits, peanut butter, crackers, something like that. It's just your mental thing. You drink drinking some water before you eat. You gonna be full. You know, you you full. You just steady stretching your stomach. You know, and the main thing, the main thing, Jones. Eat to eat, eat to survive.
0: Yes, sir. Sorry, what's eat the, the main thing? Eat to survive. Don't eat to live. Ooh! It. Now, what do you think of all the people? are? Because I've been seeing a lot of people are saying, "Oh, I'm just eating how because I'm bored and it's quarantine." I'm like, doing things "Are you serious right now?"
1: Reevaluate your life. That, that, and that's the scary thing I said about when this stay-at-home and when all this quarantine thing is lifted. Do you know how much of money people are about to spend at restaurants, bars, clubs? Just going to because they feel oh now I can go. No, take this time to take this time to reevaluate your life. Take this time oh. to start your business to get your take this time to reconnect with family. Take this time to learn yourself, to learn your kids. And a lot of people need to take this time to learn how to cook. Man, you know how many people I see on Facebook that going crazy because they can't they don't know how to cook. <laughs>
0: Man, I I saw that too. I was like, are you serious?
1: Man, I know, you know your parents, parents
0: should have taught you how to cook. Come <laughs> you on, You know now. how many
1: parents going crazy that can't help their kids with their classwork?
0: Yeah, I find that crazy. How are you going crazy because you can't help the kids <laughs> good? with classwork? When you got the fucking internet. I'm I'm sorry. You got the internet. I because mean, you can go online and look the answer them up. Them Come on now, it ain't that hard. Stop them
1: from doing something that's so simple. They they let they look for excuses to just give up. If you check the numbers, child abuse has went up in domestic violence cases. People don't, even, people don't even want to be around their spouse like that. They don't want to be home. And they really and truly don't even, they can't, they can't even manage their kids like that. But when the teacher was sending emails and calling you and telling you, you little John John and little May cutting up in my class, you taking up for your bad kid, but you know what you're raising at home. You know you're raising a, a heathen.
0: Yes, I, I had a couple of podcasts with um a couple of teachers that came on that do podcasts, and they both said the same thing. It's like parents are so fascinated to see They've how bad their kids jungles. are. Then now that they see it for themselves, but think about it. I'm go I'm gonna hit you with this. Think about it. The kids
1: go to school. <laughs> be- we say August to May, right? Okay. So for those eight hours. Right they they under somebody else's supervision mama daddy come home or mama just come home because you know it's about 75 percent of um single parents out there you know mother thank y'all um so they come home they getting out work they cooking look over the homework someone look over it shower she she or he or they in the room they on social media or they and the kids, they on social media, they on TV. They ain't really paying attention. They ain't connecting. So the hours that you really spend is bedtime. So you really, throughout your week, you really probably spending three to four hours with your kids. On the weekend, a lot of parents, you know, they got to send them to grandmama or auntie or cousin's house because I got to go out. Oh, I got a date, something, some form of that. So you so we got we we looking at that you only spend a few hours a week with them, which is cool, is good. I'm not knocking them because you there you're a single parent, my hands up to you. So when the summertime comes, like in my situation, I get my kids. So, or so you having to break again from your kids. So they're gone for two, three months. Then they come back a week, two weeks before school start. So you back on this, you back on this same, this regimen that you're going through. So you're not even really spending time to really understand and know your child. So when a teacher calling and the teacher emailing, it's a lot of stuff you missing out on in your own home because you dating, you working hard, You know, you got one or two jobs. You're trying to make everything meet. And like I say, this is the time for people to reconnect with the kids, with their family, and love on each other. Reach out to somebody that you ain't talked to or seen in a minute. Apologize or accept their apology. Communicate. This should be a a rejoiceful time. It's very rejoiceful for me. I met a new friend in Tampa. If I hit Tampa, I know I can hit Jones in the inbox. Hey, man, I, I, I'm in Tampa. I want to check out what these sorry Buccaneers doing. And, you know, let's, let's kick it. Let's, let's kick it. Let's
0: kick it. Oh, come hey. on. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, that's real. When I come to Mississippi, I'm be like, hey, hey Mr. Robinson, no, what ain't do you man? Hey, you got to no show me where I Show these hot spots hey. You know what I'm saying? And ain't see- no
1: hot spots like that, man. It ain't, you know, they – they done killed all that. They, they done, you know, they find a way to, you know, shake all that loose. Then you don't get the support to, to really to run a business like that. You don't, you don't get the support, man. You can't. Yeah. you don't. Know, yeah. You, they, you know, you talking about. Oh, spending man. over five hours in an event. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they tripping, you know? So I don't know. That's, they. that's. This a life,
0: man. What that's people, crazy. You know, they... At the end of the day, though, why? At the end of the day, day why should people some am going to Mississippi Vibes some Mr. some life
1: experiences, Something I done researched, something I done digest. Um, I done came from, I done been in, I came from a family that was, as people would say, it was a privileged family, I done been homeless I done been um, I done been everything I done done been everything, I done done been a street cat, I done been a business dude I done been man, a a faithful guy I done been a cheater I done been everything but I always been loyal, I always been real and the bigger thing out of that, I'm going to bring guests in They're gonna be able to talk to you and give you a different ball game on life. And we go intertwine everything together and we're gonna give you some good vibes. And it's just, you know, old country Mississippi boy kicking, you know, kicking some game to you. And it's free game.
0: Hey, that's that's real. Also, whenever you're ready to have guests on, you let me know. I got you. I'll gladly return the favor. Cause I do appreciate you for coming on to look at talk. You know what I'm saying? This Florida boy yeah, definitely appreciated having Talks, a man every, of wisdom from Mississippi. Mississippi so I definitely appreciate it your
1: guy. Keep supporting our people, man. What we doing. Listen. Listen to him. He's he gonna bring in good people for you. You probably not like him, but let's let's take that out and get the message. And, you know, just get the message. That's all it is. Get the information. Hey, I want you to check me out tomorrow too, man, at 6 o'clock. There's some good news. you the first person to hear this. At 6 o'clock, I'm having a panel discussion on Mississippi Vibes. Plus, I'm going to stream it live on my YouTube channel, which is Mississippi Vibes with Bert, and also on Facebook. I'm having a panel discussion. We're going to talk about COVID-19, how how it is affecting the black community? How can we come together? How can we come out of this bigger, better, and stronger? We doing that at six o'clock, man. I got a I got a medical doctor. I got a a, a dean of um, college. I got a, a doctor. She's running. Um, she's director of um, uh, Millsap Vocational Technology School in Starville, Mississippi. I got a health trainer, Elizabeth. She's great. I got a House of representative Senator from the state of Mississippi, Mr. Shaq Taylor, Dr. Greg, um, Dr. Hogan, Dr. Lenora, Dr. Williams. I also got Miss Ruby. She's an author and she's the um hold on for a second. She's the chief, chief um person. Hold on. I'm sorry. She's the chief person that's over um, Crowley um, School District. That's in Texas, Crowley, Texas. She's an author, and she's over the school systems out there and running different programs. But it's going to be very exciting at 6 o'clock. And I'm just the host, the moderator. And, you know, this is just a call to action. we go, we go eat them up. We're we'll going to eat them up. We're going to give our people the correct information because, you know, on the news outlet, when well, we get a minute or two, then, you know, they're talking about something else. So that's what I'm doing tomorrow. I thank them for even giving a guy like me an opportunity to have a panel discussion with them.
0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here. First on Look & Talk, go ahead and check out this panel discussion going down tomorrow on Facebook and YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, But it's been a pleasure, Mr. Burt, for coming on. Like I said, I do appreciate it. Whenever you're ready to have me on, you just let me know. Stay in the house
1: so this can blow over and we can get back to normal, as they said. But, you know, y'all stay safe down there, man.
0: Yes. Yes. So (laughs) Uh, you do the same too. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Look at Talk podcast.